Ian, how are you? Good, Craig. Welcome to episode 43 of HubShots, which is the podcast for marketing managers who use HubSpot. And my name's Craig Bailey from Zen Systems, and Ian Jacob, you are from... Search and be found, Craig. All right. Another jam-packed episode, and let's talk about inbound. Get straight into it. Yes, 111 days to inbound, and we're looking forward to it. We are indeed. You know, they released the agendas this week. Did you see that? Yes. All the, all the different agendas you can choose from. It's fantastic. You know what I love it is how they've got um, the executive leadership agenda, and they've got <laughs> they've got a picture of Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones as yeah, kind I saw of the, that. The, the image to represent. I was like, yeah, okay, that's great. Well, you know what? They're trying to grab people's attention, right? And that's what they've done. Yeah, they've done that well. By the way, speaking of inbound, there's actually a good thread on inbound.org where people are basically saying, what should we be thinking about for inbound, you know, tips, kind of if you haven't been there before from the the veterans, shall we say. So that's a good thread to keep an eye on. We've got a link there just about some good things to do. And also join our WhatsApp group and join us at inbound if you have traveled all the way from Asia Pacific and Australia, we'd love to hang out with you guys. We should add that as on the inbound thread. Join yes, we should. Join the Hubshots WhatsApp group if you're from <laughs> Asia Pack. Well, it doesn't. It can be global. <laughs> We're welcoming everyone. All righty. So on to shot two, our HubSpot feature tip of the week. And this is kind of a carry on from last week when we looked at the competitor tool. What are we looking at this week? We're looking at the keyword tool today, Craig. So this was highlighted when I was talking to some people at HubSpot and they said it's a very underutilized tool. So I thought it'd be worth highlighting it. And I think it's often forgotten. Like you start your journey with HubSpot, you do your campaigns, you're doing your blogs, you're doing social, and you forget this little tool in the background that actually keeps a track of what's going on. And one of the things that I'm often blown away when I'm especially showing it to people is that once you've added the, or you've got the suggestions out of the tool, so you can use use it to get suggestions on keywords, and even when you're in the keyword tool and you think, oh, there's a keyword that's performing really well, you can actually straight off that keyword tool or keyword on the right-hand side, you can actually say, give me the suggestions. And it'll actually put up the suggestions box, pre-fill it with that keyword, and then you just got to hit go, and then you've got it. So it's really good, and I, I find that a really good way to, you know, if you've already got something like low-hanging fruit, like a keyword that you've already got, and ranking well and you want to go well let's go for everything around it it's a really great way to find out what you can and can't go for and another thing to obviously watch is um, the difficulty that's one of the best things that i've had in the tool is like you know what difficulty is that keyword so is it worth going after or is it too difficult and i'll tackle that later now you have a really good example (laughs) about um ryan benici yeah, I've got a screenshot here because I was looking at um, some of the keywords that I'm tracking. And I think must have when we did the the interviews with, with Ryan, Ryan and yes. on previous interviews. Oh, by the way, uh, listeners, if you haven't got those, go back to around, I think around 20, episode 23, 24, we had Ryan Bonici on the show. Fantastic, Correct. fantastic episode. But anyway, in HubSpot, I'd actually put Ryan Bonici as a keyword I wanted to track. And he's got a difficulty score of 97. Can you believe it? So my question to Ryan is, why are you so difficult to rank for, Ryan? <laughs> well, and apparently our agency site <laughs> is ranking number 27 for Ryan Bonici. So there you go. Ryan Bonici, for our overseas listeners, may not um, No, He's the, actually the marketing director for Asia Pacific at HubSpot. HubSpot, yes. Yeah, so. so anyway, go use that tool. Go back, familiarize yourself. And you know what? You will be surprised at how 
interesting it can be. Like one of the things that always people would come back to me and I go, you know what, I can actually tie a ranking on your site back to a piece of content or a page mm. and be very clear about how it's going. And even today I was using the tool and I was like, oh, wow, okay, that piece of content is now ranking. So, it, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, this is, it's actually working and, oh, no, I need to do some work. But, you know, go back, re-familiarize yourself and, you know, go and rank for stuff that no one else is doing work for. Totally agree. And, you know, moving on from just a, a tool that we've had there for ages that we might have forgotten into our shot three, which is some of the new releases in HubSpot. In fact, this whole episode is a bit of a HubSpot, HubSpot, HubSpot episode with lots yeah, of Yeah, quite a stuff. few things have happened, haven't they? And especially with the contacts tool. Yes. So they've done some great stuff there. And in fact, when we say contacts, it relates also to companies and deals as yes. well. So Craig, what is that? Okay, so the, the one I really like, when you go into your contacts, you're, you're actually looking at a contact. Yes. You've got them listed. So this could be in marketing or in the CRM system. It looks the same. Looks the same. And then you click on property history. Now, before, I don't know if you <coughs> did this much, but... Um, Not often, but I did. You'd, you'd want to see what the history was for a field, and you kind of had to hover over each little one and see it. Well, now you can click to see property history, and it's a full log of every property history change. So you can see any of the fields related to a contact or a company or a deal that have changed and you can see them all in one big listing. It's like it takes you to a new page and you see it all. I think that's really useful. You can very easily see when things changed. And as well as that, staying with the contacts, you can now, if you look at the timeline, they've actually really enhanced the timeline next to a contact. So you've got inline editing. If you've made a note against the contact before, you can actually go and edit that inline. Yep. And then the other one that I really like is the email um, interaction. So you can see back in a timeline, oh, yeah, two weeks ago, oh, they, I can see that they were sent this email. I sent they, It was delivered to them. They opened it and they clicked. So you can see those actions. Now, what you can't see is what they actually clicked in that email. Yep. You can see that in different if, actually, if you go into the email tool itself, you can do it. But you just see that top level, oh, yeah, you know they actually clicked on an email, so you get that kind of engagement piece all within the timeline. So it's becoming such a powerful tool. Yeah, just think about for sales, how powerful that is. Yeah, and I think this is really important to highlight because I know there's so, so often you can just be using it and you not even realise these kind of things. And I yes. think... Especially if you're the marketing manager and your sales team are using CRM, make sure they're aware of some of these updates, especially in the timeline. Something that's really useful. They might miss them, but that's really valuable. And this flows nicely onto our next shot, Craig, which is the general tip. So this is actually to do with contacts. Now, you had an interesting uh, issue. I guess we often... Yeah, so this is a contact I had in the database, had a slightly misspelt email address. So the... First time they got added to a list and the email campaign went out, it bounced and then it remained in a bounced state, obviously. And then I actually went back and I fixed the email after I realized that it had bounced and the reason why. And then I continued sending campaigns with this person still on that list. But of, of course, the system didn't actually pick up that the email had changed. And so it just said previously bounced, not sent. Right. You know? So it's basically kept that state against the contact record, not That's against right. the particular email address of that contact, right? Exactly. So then this week I actually went, oh, okay, I'm just going to delete it out of there because I don't have a lot to do with the contact. So I deleted the contact and reinserted it in and resubscribed them. And then it worked. It was fine. Right. So, so, and then as I was talking to you, we came with another solution was like you could create another contact record 
with the right email address and then merge the two together. If you've got history well, that's right. on the previous record, which is really a great idea, given that uh, if you do have a history with someone and you want to merge it with the right people. Don't want to lose all that timeline that's stuff. That's exactly yeah. right. Not lose the timeline. So I think that's a great suggestion. And I will definitely try that next time I'm getting this pickle. Yeah. Well, the other thing that you can do, of course, just so listeners are aware, if you do have this issue with some contacts, you can contact HubSpot support and say, look, here's the situation with this particular contact. Can you unblock it so yep. that it's not flagged as being a bounced and withheld from sending emails to. I've had to do that a couple of times with HubSpot support. They're pretty responsive. Within a day or two, they'll um, free up a, a contact. Uh, you just tell them the reason, you know, because they. I, I think it's really important that HubSpot, they really aim to make sure that their deliverability yes. uh, quality is high. Yeah. So when they do get a bounce, they're pretty keen to stop you yes. resending. So exactly. it's good that they do that. Yeah. But, yeah, you do get into these situations. Yeah, but see, there's three ways to solve the problem, right? Yeah, so there you go. There are three options. Alrighty, on to shot five, our opinion of the week. And this was from inbound.org, actually. It was, um, someone raised this question. They're basically saying, oh, look, a couple of years ago, when, when you think about SEO, it was all about getting links to your content uh, for driving rankings. And then they're saying, well, and then, of course, content comes along and that's the saviour. Just have great content and all that kind of thing. Great content in, yes. in quotes there, air quotes there. Um, but there's so much content, is that kind of going the same way and what's next? That's an interesting discussion. don't know if you had a chance to read through this in detail or had any key thoughts about it, but um, I was kind of struck but that um, someone raised the question, okay, there's always a fight for attention, right? Yes. So I totally get yeah, the yeah. point. But there was no real discussion around content strategy, mm. which it really <laughs> seems, I guess, to... To us, really kind of the key, you've actually got to be very targeted and strategic about your content these yes. days. You can't just write content and magic. Absolutely. I think it's becoming harder and harder, to be honest. And I think, like, people's attention spans are, you know, shifting and they have a shorter attention span. So you've really got to get them. And I think you're right. Like, you need good strategy. You need great content. You need different types of content. I think diversity of content is important these days. So it's not just about, hey, let's go with these blog topics and let's hammer it out. You've really got to think about, you know, when they get it. So I'll bring it back to, you know, micro moments. Like people have micro moments in time where they are looking for information and you've just got to be there at that point. So if if at that point is, you know, how do I get? So uh, there's a really good one I did the other day. I was at HubSpot and and at lunch I really felt like a really nice sandwich and I actually Googled about, the best sandwich shop in Sydney. Right. And I actually found it. I found I found a few results on the search and then I went went to one and I read a few reviews and stuff. And I was with one of the guys in my business, Glenn, and he goes to me, he goes, how did you find this place? It's like in a little alleyway somewhere. But you walk in the alleyway, there's this huge line, people were ordering sandwiches. And he goes, how did you know about this? I'm like, well, I had one of those moments where I just want, I want the best sandwich in Sydney. Right. And so that's what I did. And he goes, oh, that's like, that's crazy, but that's what people are doing every day. Yeah, that's exactly right. Was it a good sandwich, by the yeah, way? Yeah, it was a good sandwich, oh, that's actually. A, that's good. Actually, which reminds me, I need to leave a review. <laughs> Google delivers. Oh, that's great. So, so, again, it's like, what's the content? So, you know, in this particular instance, it actually might not have been a piece of content. It might have actually been an ad that needed to be running, like, right. um, you know, best 
sandwiches in Sydney, which would have got my attention. So. And, and augmented by great visuals or that's right, know, visuals. video, how Absolutely. we make it. So it's all that kind yeah, of yeah. Um, And you know what context. caught me? Right. There were two really that were – they were not far from each other. There was one like I think 200 metres down that road, the other one was 400 metres down the road. But actually the one that got me had a, like a 0.1% better star rating. Right. But you know what got me? That someone had written in there or they had written that they make their own bread. Right. And I went, oh, I want to go there. That was because the I was like, that was the clincher, right? But again, you know, that was a bit of content. That was really valuable. It's one sentence. It was really valuable for me making that choice to go. I'll walk the extra two hundred meters to get the freshly made bread. Thank you. So, what did you? What you just did check? You actually searched best sandwich. What was yeah, your best sandwich term? shop in Sydney? Right. Yeah. So that done a great job ranking. So that <laughs> reminds me, there was oh, this is a bit off topic, but we used to, there used to be a fish and chip shop over at Five Dock, in the suburb of Sydney, and they touted themselves as the best fish and chips in the universe. And I was just like, <laughs> who came up with that? Was, well, I wonder if I'm going to Google that fish, fish in the and universe. chips in the universe. How now, that's I, a bit broad, I think. I think that's, yeah, a bit broad, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. But, yeah, anyway, getting back to the, that topic on inbound, which is very, inbound.org, very much, worth reading because people pipe Absolutely. in with their content strategy, but content format comes in there and... And yeah, and there's a whole range of answers. Interesting reading. Yeah, and look, I, I'll I'll tie tie one last thing is that make sure as a marketing manager, someone in sales, or someone who is in the marketing team, spend that time educating and reading things. And inbound.org is a great place to go to gain knowledge, see people's perspectives and views. Because you know what, these are people out there who are facing challenges, and they're they're talking about real stuff. And that's what I love about it. It's it's very real in inbound.org. So go there, read up, and be a part of the community. It's fantastic. Now, speaking about content types, uh, this is moving yes. on to our Shot 6 State of Inbound Item of the Week. And this is another quick bit of insight that we got from a HubSpot research yes. on the future of content marketing piece. Uh, I've got a link there. HubSpot Research Hub, it's fantastic. provide some excellent results. Now, this is a survey. It's not particularly large, so the sample size was a global audience of 1,091 internet users, so just keep that in mind. But they were able to bring out some nice, nice little stats, and the particular one we wanted to chat about today was the types of content that people want to see more of in the future. Yeah, you know what surprised me? In uh, Obviously, in North America and Latin America, video is on the top. But in Asia Pacific, news articles on the top. Yeah, news articles are um, really high. So I think for Australian, if you're targeting Australian, news articles, are, yeah. there's a real hunger for that kind of stuff. So Where, my next question would yeah. be, is that the case because we don't have fast internet? <laughs> is, it because, is it because we like to read stuff or, you know, and I, I would ask those questions. Yeah, well, I, that's a good point. What do you want to see more of? Well, I'd like to see more video. But, but I can't stream it. <laughs> it's always buffering. No, I, I, think it's, I, I think it was more of a questionnaire just around actual interest in particular topics. But, yeah, it's worth keeping in mind that your actual bandwidth circumstances may dictate what you search for. Yeah, and you know what? So news articles was up there. The next thing that was common across all regions was social media was the second most um, thing that people wanted to see in terms of content types, so social media posts, and then videos in Asia Pacific. So I think videos are definitely going up there. And as you know, we get NBN and we get faster networks, that'll propen- the propensity to 
watch video and interact with it will will grow as time goes on. You know, there was one interesting in, um, little insight for Latin America because one of the content types was interactive articles or tools. So yeah, I saw that. No one else wanted it. Correct. It was in the top five for Latin America. I, f- I find that interesting because I would have thought it would have been high, but um, definitely not. For in, for example, in Asia Pacific, people are more interested in research content than, mm. you know, well, and interactive if, and, tools. And you know what's interesting? Research content I thought would be up there, but it's actually not. It's actually yeah down the list a bit. So. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, another interesting thing uh, that I thought about that research content yes. piece was – it was lower on the list for many people. And we Correct. were both thinking, oh, we'd actually like to see a lot more research. Yes. But it's all around how much time people can spend. So, for Correct. example, I, I know our clients, our customers, actually want to know a lot more research-related yes. content. But they actually don't have time to read it themselves. Correct. So they actually rely on us. To deliver that. To deliver it, kind of synthesize it for them and deliver it to in you know, a... Uh, you know, consumable format. And I think that's interesting because what it means is you've actually got to keep this in mind when you're targeting your specific audience. Yeah. So you don't just look at it finding like this and go, oh, news articles, that that relates mm. to all industries. You've actually got to think a bit deeper and go, well, actually, that's a good a good guide for me to investigate more. And then I will talk to my audience and see, do they actually want more news articles or do they want more research content? And if so, what actual format do they want it in? Because yep. it might be a face-to-face meeting, and if you're writing blog posts about it, that's just not going to be yeah. not going to be a good match. Yeah. All right, Craig. We spoke about what was in beta in our spot. <laughs> we were looking at this last week. We were continuing on. We were getting kind of excited about some of the things that are in beta. I know. And then you kind of burst my bubble, and you said, "Oh, that was back in 2013," which begs me to ask the question: Did they actually update the? Status of stuff that's actually in beta. I yeah. don't, it didn't seem like it. And we're, we're talking about the ideas. Um, com. Yeah. just their kind of t- uh, ideas that people or wish lists that Correct. people have noted, yeah. So maybe maybe we might put a query in to say whether it's being updated or not. I mean, there are definitely things on there that, you know, that are current and relevant. So I just wonder whether some things get left behind. Well, that's right. You see a response from HubSpot. They say it's in beta, and that's from 2013. Yeah. Two years later, people are still commenting going, yeah, this would be great. Love to see Correct, this. So yeah. maybe it's just a very long release cycle or something. <laughs> <laughs> Can but hope. All right. We have a listener tip of the week, Craig. Yeah, it's not so much a listener tip, is it? But it's more about a question. Yes. Because we, on our um, WhatsApp group, we're actually asking. Dan. Yeah. Hey, Dan, thanks for listening. And uh, he's asking about social media tools and really kind of how people are, I guess, comparing the HubSpot social tools yes. with other tools and, like, is there uh, are there better tools better to use? Tools, I think yeah. it's a good question to ask because yeah, you, you never should just settle with, oh, yeah, I'm fine with my tools. Yeah. And you find out a year later, oh, actually, it's, I could it's have really done much bad. better with another tool. <laughs> But, I mean, we've both used a number of tools and uh, the HubSpot one is pretty good and I think it's one of those situations where pretty good is good enough for a lot of people in many situations and it's all part of the Yeah, and that's true. Most people actually don't use anything to manage social, (laughs) so it's pretty good. Well, that's right. Actually doing some management is better than none, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's all within the, the infrastructure and the single point so you can actually see everything. Um. And I think that's the biggest thing. So I bring it all together. Every day I come across people that have all of these tools and 
accounts and databases scattered around the web, you know, with email marketing, websites, social management, and they can't tie anything together. Yeah, that's I think true. that's the biggest thing. HubSpot's great at that. And I, I, gee, I love it when I go to a, a customer chatting and I'm, well, I'm looking through oh, this social stuff and I say, oh, now when you post on social, do you select a campaign in the HubSpot tool? And they go, oh, yeah, of course I do. I'm going, yes, you know, because I just know it's all tied together. Correct, it's such exactly. a good, good thing. And even just getting down to the whole thing, where did people in sources, like where did they originate from? Like we had a lead come through and, you know, we picked up very clearly. It came from a paid social channel and I was like, that's gold. Like if you were using, very rarely would you find on another system that you could actually track it back to that that start point. Whereas you can within HubSpot, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. So I think for I think HubSpot is a great tool. I, I mean, it's good at a lot of things, but Correct. it's not perfect at specific Absolutely. things. Yeah. And I think the main po- takeaway from this is that if you're not finding the HubSpot social tools good enough for all your things, if you're a very advanced power user, and I think Dan's pretty uh, in the <coughs> power user territory, it might not be a great fit. Correct. And that's when you can extend to other tools. And the same with other, you know, like the... HubSpot has the ads add-on for Correct, managing yes. AdWords. Yeah. If you're a real beginner at AdWords, it's a great fit. If yeah. you're a power AdWords that's user, right. it's not a not great a fit. fit. And I think that's that's always what you should keep in mind. Yeah. But, yeah, great question from Dan. And I guess what we wanted to raise in the show is if people have comments about that and kind of the way they approach tool yeah. usage and when they kind of break out of the HubSpot in ecosystem and when they stay in, great feedback. And yeah. we'd love to share that on the show. Absolutely. All right, podcast of the week, Craig. Now, this is one that you've recommended. Yes, it's called The Andrew Hansen Show, and I've actually been listening to Andrew Hansen for a while. So he does a lot of SEO training and does quite interesting things based up in Queensland, and he's got a podcast. He's got three episodes. He released episode three this week. So I really like it. He keeps it real. He doesn't try to beat around the bush. So I've got a link to it, listen to it, um, enjoy it. Yeah, I've put it on my list. I'm going to download it. Now, we should just say to listeners, this is not Andrew Hansen from The Chaser. Okay? Yes. <laughs> totally different Andrew Hansen. Because when you said his name, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's into marketing? <laughs> <laughs> not quite great. Different Andrew Hansen. He sounds very dry and satirical. He does. He does. So he's, um, I'm looking He'll be right up that. your alley. I yeah, think. I think I'm going to. And he's a whiskey drinker as well. He so is. there we go. All right. Tick, tick dollar boxes. All right, we're coming up to time, but look, uh, two final things. Lol of the week, I, I, you know what? It's since Pokemon goes, I know, been going, been going crazy, and we're recording on um, Wednesday, the twentieth of July. Uh, we're recording this episode, but um, Pokemon Go has been crazy for a couple of weeks. But how the rash yes. of people trying <clears throat> to say how to use Pokemon to boost your content marketing efforts and like it's just yeah, stand back and watch the the yeah, bubble. absolutely. They jump on the band train, on the on the band train, yeah, on the band wagon. The band wagon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally, app of the week. Now, this is Canva, and Canva is something that we use a lot in our businesses. And this is uh, Canva for iPhone was just released, so we will tweet about that. But you know, get it, try it out, Craig. You've already done one, and uh, you put a link to your Instagram. Post I think it's right really there. good. Yeah, yeah. You and love my, it. my wife is just like, yeah. She's sold because she loves Canva. Yeah. And she's just like, this is going to make my Instagram posting so much Much easier. better, yeah. yeah. So, look, check it out. Use it. It's a fantastic. It's another Australian invention. 
There we go. There you um, go. But only for iPhone, you know. So I guess another one of those. Android's ones. coming. Android's coming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I saw that on the. I saw that on the list <laughs> when they when they said they were downloading. They said, "Oh, uh, just before you ask us, Android is on the." Way. Oh right, they, <laughs> they they preempted that. Okay, very good. All well, right, it's been great, Craig. Yep, been another good one. All right. Um, so quick final reminders. We'd love a comment. We'd love a review on iTunes. We'd love you to join our WhatsApp group. Which that's is right. Starting, fill out the form on the... Starting to get a bit of uh, traction in there. So that's all, all good. Yeah, fill out the form on the website. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and we'd love to have that conversation with you guys. Until next time, we'll see you next time, Craig. All right. See you, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.